Hello, everyone. Wait, nope. Wait, I have a better one. Good news, everyone. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Rolling with Disadvantage, the D&D podcast where we won't be playing D&D. As always, I'm your host, Tyler. And I am your co-host, Tune. Our D&D is our podcast where we argue, debate, and scream into that void. Oh, no, we don't. But we might today. You might hear a scream at some point because it's that time of year, people. About various aspects of D&D 5th edition. Feel free to join the conversation by tweeting us at RWD Podcast. It's still spoopy Halloween time. You mentioned this last week, but uh, it's very close now. I was thinking about it more since we last recorded an episode. Um, I actually think a classic situation, uh, classic somebody is trying to kill you, but they are killable, but it's just hard to kill them situation. Something like the strangers would be a great D and D one shot. Instead of being like a heroic person, what if you just made everyone NPC level characters? Well, that's you. You actually just touched on the only reason, the only way that any horror campaign can work is your players have to understand that retreat is a viable option. Like I would, I would love that if everyone was just a commoner, and they could like they could use a knife or something, but they wouldn't be very effective with it. But that's a knife. Yeah, ex- oh, that would be fun. Okay, um, and then you, you get then you get situations like Wolf's Creek, um, the strangers. Like I said, you know. These situations where it's just a normal person trying to kill you, but it's really fucking hard because they're heroic level people and you're just a dude. Oh, that'd be great. I'm a dude. Uh, well, this is coming out two days before Halloween. Um, so happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. But uh, it's also coming out a, a, a few days before another major event in the American nation. So if there's no more America this Halloween time two? next week. Halloween 2, November 3rd. Electric Boogaloo? Halloween 2 Election Day. Oh, God. Uh, So, you know, if the world uh, ends, uh, it's been a nice run, everybody. Yeah, if you don't have, if we don't have an episode out on, what? The Purge. See, see, again, in that situation, the reason I wouldn't call that a horror scenario is because I think people would have too much fun with it. Same reason I didn't recommend like a the... zombie apocalypse situation it's just I not scary that last week too but you'd have to be npcs for the purge yeah network. Okay. okay then it's scary okay. <laughs> that's your that's your mission to come up with that one shot nope, um, not happening. i'm busy oh, please uh okay so uh we're gonna revisit something we've talked about briefly in the past not um, even really talked about it more yeah. adjacent to it yes and that thing is going to be challenge rating of monsters. We didn't do our Halloween themed this thing this week because um, you know I wanted you to have that information for your own settings and whatnot. So this week's kind of back to normal, talking about challenge rating and yes. monsters yes. and how it works. Yes, and stuff. So do you want to talk a bit about how challenge ratings work in D anD? Um. Well, first of all, challenge rating is the expectation. It's, it's essentially a number for each monster has, right? Mm-hmm. And it's expected that that number is the level of a party of three to five players that can defeat that character consuming a medium amount of resources. Mm-hmm. So if I'm challenge rating three, I'm expecting a party of three to five players can defeat me expending some resources. Yes. Things lower. So if I'm challenge rating five and your party is level three, I'm going to be much harder 
And if I'm challenging one and you're party level three, I'm going to be super, super easy. But at the same time, and I think this is the point that we're going to talk about on this exact segment, is that people get so hung up on this challenge rating system that they don't stop to realize that it's kind of flawed in some ways. Um, A lot of it is not only based off of the idea of three to five people using a medium amount of resources, but it's also based around the idea of uh, the monster using appropriate tactics for what it is and what it can do. You're so far ahead. You're so far ahead, man. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I'm two steps ahead. Um, but I, I think that's essentially why we're talking about this is just to address this notion that a monster, even a challenge rating one monster can be difficult if played a different way. Whereas a challenge rating five monster may be easy if you play it incorrectly or just poorly. So we talked about encounters per day in the past. Yes. And that's where that's where challenge rating is very that's where it comes into play because it has XP next to it, and that's how you calculate the difficulty level of an encounter, blah, 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 blah. Um, I feel that challenge rating is most applicable and most accurate the lower it is. Mm-hmm. Meaning a challenge rating one creature is most likely a challenge rating one creature. Challenge rating 10 creature, honestly there's a good chance that your party of level 10 people can kill it very easily. Very easily. But then you get back up to challenge rating 20. You're like, you know what? This can be really fucking hard. It's going to be really fucking hard. So, so I, I think most accurate lower numbers. Yes. And I think a uh, prime uh, example of exactly what we're talking about. Um, I've had two scenarios. You okay? I was burping. Oh, I've had two scenarios in uh, in a group that I play in regularly on my Monday group. Uh, where we have been far outmatched in terms of challenge rating, but we have come out on top. Uh, the first, I think we talked about on the show, was when a party Dragon? of four level eight characters beat a purple worm. Oh, the worm, yeah. Yes, which is a challenge rating 15. Should be far beyond us in every way, shape, and form, and yet we prevailed. Uh, most recently, though, uh, about three-ish weeks ago, uh, I have a level nine, level nine character. He's eight levels barbarian, one level paladin, uh, and he one on one beat a bone claw, which has a challenge rating of twelve. Wow! So in these scenarios, challenge ratings aren't always accurate. But to the point of the challenge rating system, in both scenarios, I or my team had to use pretty much every resource we had at our disposal to get through that fight. So that's a big part of it. There's a sidebar on page 82 of the Dungeon Master's Guide about challenge rating. Mm-hmm. When putting together an encounter or an adventure, especially at lower levels, exercise caution using monster whose challenge rating is higher than the party's average level, blah, blah, blah. It goes on to provide a very specific example. Um, for example, a Rakshaza has a challenge rating of 13. Mm-hmm and is immune to spells of 6th level or lower. Spellcasters of 12th level or lower have no spells higher than 6th level. Meaning, they will have no magic to use against the Rakshasa. Mm -hmm. So if you, say, were in a dungeon, fighting things, burning through your your couple 7th level spells, and you get to the big boss at the end, sure, you're level 13 and you have 7th level spells, but you don't have them now. 
mm-hmm. and you can't fight the rock shots, so it's much more challenging. Yeah, and then you're relying on your melee characters to deal with a literal is it a devil or a demon? I can never remember. They are demon. devils, I believe. They're devils? Okay. I don't remember. Rockshazas are funky, backhanded cats. Yeah. They are evil Leonin. Yes, with backwards <laughs> hands. Um, but that the, the, the amount of resources available is what impacts kind of which way of encounter tips, right? If I have all my resources and I only have one fight for the day, you can throw something at me that's much more challenging. I can handle exactly. it. Exactly. But if exactly. I have no resources and you throw a bunch of level one things at me, it's going to be a lot harder. And I think that's uh, that's typically why you'll see a lot of higher challenge rating creatures will, in their descriptions, have some sort of army or or horde serving them because the game wants you to burn through your shit before you get to them. Yes. You know, very rarely will you just have a high-level, high-challenge rating enemy just sitting there waiting for you to do everything you can to it. Now, I wanted to discuss a very specific creature. Go ahead. That, I, that is a challenge rating three. Yep. Um, and it's challenge rating three for a very specific reason. And that creature is a doppelganger. Doppelganger, yeah. If I just entered an arena and there was a doppelganger in front of me, not really a challenge in any way. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Right? All I can do is slam me and read my thoughts. So, not a fight. Nope, not at all. Doppelganger's challenge rating of three, not very high, comes from its ability to sneak up on you. Mm-hmm. And in theory, run away then. Yeah. Right? Because it has the shape changer ability. It can use its action to polymorph into a small or medium humanoid it has seen. Or back into its true form. So, it would find you. It would just be, you know, be a guy in the crowd. Ambush, surprise attack you. Dealing slam damage plus 3d6. A child on a boat. With advantage on the roll. (laughs) And then it would run into the crowd, use its action to change into something else, and you would never find it again. And that's just using base stats. I mean, typically a doppelganger will have a weapon of some kind. It It will try to hurt you with that one attack. Well, any equipment it is wearing or carrying isn't transformed, so it has a weapon yeah. it can use, right? You use it and then drops it and it's done. Right, because it doesn't care about the weapon. Yeah. But if I, like I said, it's only in this specific circumstance that a doppelganger is anything more than a challenge rating fucking zero. Mm-hmm. Right? It has 52 hit points. That's a lot. Uh, I mean, it's not really a lot. It's an average amount for a challenge rating three creature, but it's not deadly. It's not deadly unless it's using this very specific circumstance. Yes, 100% agree. Which is like um, a, a very common fight that is often underwhelming because players don't use it right or DMs don't use it right are dragons. You know why dragons are hard? Uh, their breath weapon is fucking deadly. It's very deadly. But you know where they should be using their breath weapon from? Mm, the sky, the most likely. Sky. The fucking sky. <laughs> if your dragon isn't flying, you have gimped your dragon. It is super easy to kill now. Yes. Your dragon yes. should be it- flying. Uh, yes at all times dragons are intelligent creatures there's no reason they should not be using their tactical advantage of the air to win in all fights or even even still even if you don't want to do that um you know there's plenty of dragons that are swimmers then they would use murky dark water that you can't see into and just hang out there until you pop in or until they pop out breath weapon and then pop back down dragons are not idiots they're very smart 
Yes. That's why they're challenging. They can fucking fly. So when you're reading a challenge rating on a creature, don't just look at it and go, wow, it must be super deadly. It's not necessarily. It's you got... Know... Oh, sorry, good. It's got some quality to it that makes it deadly. A... What is it? Uh, which... there? There's two. I think it's a green and a brass dragon wormling. Um, which, by the way, dragon wormlings, still fairly powerful, but they're both... Yes. Challenge rating like one or two or something. They are a lower challenge rating than a fucking red cap, which is just an evil little gnome that kicks you real hard. Green Dragon Wormling, challenge rating two. Yeah. AC 17. Yeah. That's fucking crazy for challenge rating two. At level two, you have probably a plus five to your attack if it's your main stat. I'm gonna uh I'm gonna pull up a, a very important piece of information that's relevant to this on page two hundred and 74, 274 of the Dungeon Master's Guide. There's stats for creating a quick monster. Mm -hmm. Quick throw something together, right? It has monster statistics by challenge rating. These are average, simple stats for monsters to have. Mm -hmm. So challenge rating, two. Proficiency bonus, two. Uh, armor class, 13. Mm -hmm. Hit points, 86 to 100. For challenge rating, two? That's what it says here. What? I know that's not right. <laughs> Attack bonus plus three. Damage per round fifteen to twenty. What? That's and not right. DC should be thirteen for things. That, that's that's no, that's wrong. But the the HP of that is fucking wrong as wrong could be. Damage per round could be fifteen to twenty if it's hitting every time. I mean, depends on what it is, right? Like this this HP scaling is not good not good no uh, it's bueno. not, no it's muy mal unless this creature has nothing going on for it right it can just slam like an ooze gelatinous cubes i believe are Lots a two countering two ton of hit points easy to hit and they disintegrate your weapons unless they're magical right gelatinous cube has 84 hit points yeah that makes sense it's deadly because it's transparent quality and the engulfing ability and it destroys right. your weapons but ac is six can't miss it. So when you show me this green dragon wormling, challenge rating two, and its AC is 17. Terrifying. And it can fly. Mm -hmm. And it has a breath weapon. <laughs> this creature should be flying over top of you, poisoning you from the air, flying away until it recharges, coming back and repeating. Yeah. If you can hit it from there, it'll breath weapon you, leave, come back, breath weapon you, leave, come back. And if you can't, it'll just circle you. And poison you until you're dead. And you should honestly, it only has 38 hit points. You got a pretty good shot at killing it if you get the hits off. Yeah. But you have to have some spellcasters, some archers, and they have to live through that breath weapon. Or javelins. Um, well, the, the problem is with the breath weapon, the DC is only 11, but it's a constitution saving throw. And it probably does what, 18 damage? 21. 21. I mean, that's more hit points than a lot of characters will have at level two. 6d6. Poison damage, which yeah. poison damage, right? So if you're a dwarf, you're okay, or or a halfling, I think. No. Stout halfling, stout, stout halfling. halfling, yeah, yeah. So you might be okay with that, but um, that's a lot. That's it that's is. that's a challenging two creature. Again, you put me in an arena where this creature can't fly. It's gonna be way easier. I just run up to it and punch it a couple times, right? Mm -hmm. And it's dead. But if it has any sort of environment, environment is key. Environment is fucking key. Yes. Right, we talked about this with beholders. I think we talked about this with mind flayers. They're so challenging if they're in where they're supposed to be. Yes. You know, you we know, had I, a, you did a one shot a, a while ago that we, as a mind flayer at the end, 
and we all just ran in and it hit every one of us with mind blast yes yes that did happen that is accurate and guess what we lost because i you were all level five i believe at about that time five or six about so it's a doable fight yeah just yeah. not in that situation no if if he's hitting more than two people with my with mind blast you're done yeah i mean that's uh that's intelligence a saving throw intelligence yeah that's that's not easy no so this chart I don't know this chart. Again, 274. I don't know what this chart's really for. Period. For that crazy person. I don't know. that It's it's for you. You give all your guys tons of hit points. Creatures should have more health in general. Um, because fights should take longer. Then because PCs have, you know, extra resources that a typical monster does not have. I, I generally live by the monster does a little less damage, has a lot more life rule when I when I have encounters that sounds like you well i want the fight to go on a long time i, don't I like want to the, win i don't like the notion of you guys spent literally 20 seconds in game killing this well no fight lasts turns. more than like six or seven turns i want a fight to last between seven and ten turns that's a hell of a fight man i know as it should be well, you guys the last encounter that you guys most recently had where you we're trying to escape a flooding slash burning diving bell full of oil oozes lasted a long time. Did it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't think it lasted that long. It was like seven or eight rounds. Okay. Granted, it was mostly escaping. And yeah. <laughs> which, which is probably why it seemed like it went faster because people were just running. Yes. There was a lot of panicked running and teleporting and big, big, big handing. Dude. Big, big hand. Big hand. Um, but if you're a person who wants to make a quick monster stat with a lot of life, that again, two, 274 is your page. But the big thing to consider, uh, and we talked about this encounters per day, very important, is not only the challenge of the monster you've put up, but how many monsters you're about to mm -hmm. fight. Yes. It's the challenge is not um, cumulative, it's exponential. Mm -hmm. In that, if I have a challenge rating five creature, Two of them, it's yes, it's twice as hard because there's two of them, but three of them isn't three times as hard. It's like cubed hard. Yeah. But even still, it's not like two challenge rating fives make a challenge rating ten. It's like challenge rating seven and a half. Yes. But that math doesn't work out again when you add a third one. And yes. Yeah, exactly. They, then it becomes challenge rating like 14. Because you mm -hmm. know? you're suddenly taking so many more attacks all at once. Let's try to. I'm just going to do this uh, really quick for a challenge rating five. I'm sure there's something good I can come up with just in the first little bit of the list here. Um, a bullet, right? Classic. Bullets, challenge rating five. 94 hit points, 17 armor. That seems fine, right? Burrow mm -hmm. speed, very dangerous. Now, deadly leap. You might be familiar with this ability. I've if the bullet jumps 15 feet as part of its movement, it can use its action to smush something. Any creature below it has to make a strength or dex saving throw or get knocked prone and take 14 bludgeoning damage plus 14 slashing damage. Right? Mm -hmm. 28 damage or half if you succeed and you're knocked prone or not knocked prone. Now, if there's three of those <laughs> jumping on you over and over <laughs> again, <laughs> you will not survive. You just won't. Mm -hmm. It's going to be so much harder because the sheer volume of damage being output by multiple creatures is goddamn high. It's high. 
<laughs> and that's the point, right? Hordes of monsters are not supposed to be hordes of high-level monsters. No. It's supposed to be hordes of little monsters. Yeah, it's supposed to make 10 challenging one creatures seem like a challenge. Yeah, right? If I'm if I am level 10 and I encounter three challenging five things, that could actually give me a, a pretty good challenge. Mm-hmm. If I'm level 10 and I encounter, let's see, what's something that's challenging one? A brass dragon wormling. There you go. Only 16 hit points, right? Yeah. But it has that sleep breath. Yeah, so maybe, you know, if, you ha- if you're if you a spellcaster and you got an AoE attack, great. But if you're a fighter, you have two attacks. Let's say you kill both the worm, two of the wormlings, there's still eight more doing shit to you. Casting sleep breath or fire breath. Yeah. Right? They got options. Yeah. The uh, the whole point for me um, is to is to give you the right context to fight something in. But mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people, the easier way to think of that is I'm running through a dungeon, I'm doing a dungeon crawl, whatever. What order do the encounters come in? Yes. You know, first encounter is a horde of little monsters. Easy. Snap my fingers, they're all dead. But if the third or fourth encounter is a bunch of horde of little monsters, maybe I don't have those AoEs anymore, right? Maybe mm-hmm. I don't have my whirlwind ability or whatever it is. Um, same thing, like, you know, if the Rakshasa is the second or third thing you fight, you still have your seventh level spells. If he's the tenth thing you fight, guess what? You don't have those anymore. Yeah, that's why dungeon crawls are so tricky. Uh, that's why I always enjoyed them a great deal because it's a lot of planning and resource management and thinking ahead. It very much is resource management, right? Because you're always tempted to like, well, no, I don't want to. I don't want to eat that potion. I don't want to use this spell because I don't know what's around the corner. Because mm-hmm. it could be the big bad, or it could be some oozes. It's it's something that we as a group don't typically do very often, um, just for time's sake, uh, because a dungeon crawl could take an entire session easily. Yeah. I try not to do too many dungeon crawls. Yeah. And that's for the for the exact reason, right? I don't our party thrives on a well balanced session and not just a full encounter, like fighting the entire mm-hmm. time session, right? Yes. There there's time there's a time and a place for that. And that time and a place is like a Sunday when you have twelve hours to play the game. <laughs> I miss those days. Yeah, that's that's what it's for. So okay. Um any other thoughts about challenge ratings? Uh just, you know, I think a lot of DMing comes just from experience and a lot of of making encounters comes from experience and knowing like I had to fight this exact thing. It sucked. You know, these guys will need this to do it. You know, realizing what your party is that you're dealing with and, you know, just if something seems too hard, there's no shame in nerfing it mid fight. That's a good observation. Okay. We'll be right back. We're back. Uh, something I thought of before we went to break was what? No, it's gone now. I had a really good thought. And now I can't remember what it is. Oh, um, modifying challenge rating very easily uh, for new DMs or people who, who don't try this. You want to make something suddenly more challenging or the fight a little more interesting try giving the creature a magic item mm-hmm. goes a long way just like more like, hp special armor even something like a potion mm-hmm. i give you a i give that npc a healing potion that fight's a lot different i give them a potion of heroism 
that fight's a lot different, right? Giving a creature a magic item can go a really long way, even if it's like just a plus one sword. Suddenly, their attacks are more damage. Or yeah, or just or just leveling it. The three point five used to be great about detailing how to level a creature up and make it harder within the realms of an actual challenge rating system, yeah. but nowadays it's just kind of hit or miss. Yeah, I just pick another creature of a similar challenge rating and reskin it to be the thing I want it to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's just what I do. Okay, that poison damage is now fire damage, and that thing is this thing. So okay, so speaking of challenge ratings, speaking of monsters. Oh yeah, speaking of monsters, we are going to do something we haven't done in a while. But we have done it before, and we shall it's do it again. The draft. I'm still to this day mad that no one knows how the monster mash goes. Uh, it's a song. No, 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 no. The monster mash is a song about the monster mash that happened before. It's like Tenacious D's tribute. It's not the actual song. It's the song about the song. I didn't know that. Yeah. They did the mash. Mm-hmm. They did the monster mash. What the graveyard smash. smash. Exactly. The monster mash. So the monster mash isn't actually about the monster mash. It's about the after party or whatever. Well, the monster draft is about the monster draft. Yes. Yes. Uh, what are the rules of this one? We've had well, different rules in the past. It's, uh, it's different one? every time. You and I are going to pick a uh, pair of challenge rating three mm-hmm. monsters to make the deadliest encounter you can. Okay. What What's the setting? Where are we at? That's a very good question. I had not considered it. <laughs> are we in a dungeon? Are we in an open you field? Are in a cave system. Cave system. Yes. Uh, very cramped, like claustrophobic, or very open, like uh, I don't know. Average cave system. There is space above you, but it's not too far. Okay. Um. Uh. What What are the What are my book limits? Whatever you got. Okay. Uh, is there any kind of special terrain? Um, is there water? Is there uh volcanic magma or anything that I have to deal let's with? Let's do. Let's do um a um Hunger Games type situation where different areas have whatever you need. So there's an area with water. There's an area with cover. There's an area with whatever you need. Oh, so are we doing this more than once, or are we just doing this once? Let's try it once. Okay. Let's see what happens. Um. Okay. 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 I think I already uh, have mine. Um. I briefly looked at this earlier today. Okay. 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 Give me. Give me a moment. Do you need to go can, to pause this? Can so can it be up to challenge rating? Can it be like a less than challenge rating three, or does it have to be exactly challenge rating? Three? I was thinking two challenge rating three creatures. Okay, so they have to be three exactly. Okay. Can they be the same creature? I thought about that too. Yes. Okay. Then I'm good. I'm ready. Okay. Would you like to go first? Yeah, would you like to go for you already had your idea by all means yes. sir i have two creatures you're not likely to encounter with each other oh okay go ahead first one is a gold dragon wormling so that's right here on my list continue <laughs> uh because of the obvious right yeah fly speed swim speed 17 armor si- only 60 hit points but fire breath weapon for a lot mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. the weakening breath, which is a Love strength saving breath. throw and then makes strength-based attack rolls have disadvantage. Right? Love it so much. Huge, huge thing, right? So the goal would be disabling the melee fighters mm-hmm. because his partner in crime 
mm-hmm. is a basilisk. See, see, you've just ruined this. Because <laughs> my answer that my answer that I wrote down is two basilisks. Yes, I had that exact same thought. I was like, oh yeah, I'll just pick two basilisks. I'll pick two basilisks, <laughs> and then I'll just wait for them to fail a wisdom save. Because either either you look at me and have to make the save. Or you don't look at me and I have advantage on all my attacks. You've disadvantage it's a on all your attacks. Constitution saving throw right? on the Basilisk. Basilisk so. is such a... that That's kind of why I yeah. started this. Because I think like, Basilisks are great. So great. So great. Um, um, okay. But no. So so avoiding... So I'm going to skip this. But I'm not going to do too bad. I am going to do one Basilisk because I very much want that. But I'm not going to use a dragon from either one. Okay. Many dragons choose from. I'm going to go off book a bit. And I'm going to okay. see if I can win the initiative battle. And I will pick the Neogi as my secondary creature. Uh, which one's a Neogi? Is that a demon? What's a Neogi? A Neogi is a small aberration with a very interesting once per rest ability that I will be using on your gold dragon. I gotta open up Volos. You gonna make me open up Volos, you son of a bitch? Or I'll use it on your other basilisk. <laughs> uh, Neogi, not a hatchling, a regular Neogi. Yes, a Neogi. Hateful slavers. Uh enslave enslave great ability targets one creature can see within 30 feet target must see to see dc 14 wisdom saving throw or be magically charmed for one day charm creature obeys the commands and can't take reactions the yogi and the target communicate telepathically whenever the charm target takes damage it can repeat the saving throw yes okay big thing there wisdom saving throw dc 14 high dc for such a low challenge rating Three, very high. Let's find the basilisk. His wisdom saving throw. Minus one. Minus one. Solid. Fucking gold solid. dragon. Zero. Holy shit. Okay. Okay. Well. So, so you're, you're I think, two I think, I, go, I think I'm going to go uh, in this situation uh, with the other basilisk, and I'm going to see if I can just freeze the lone dragon by himself before the other basilisk turns back. Well, the gold dragon has a plus three on the con save. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, so it's just a ma- it's a matter of are you going to sit there until your breath weapon recharges, or are you going to try to attack me with disadvantage down on the ground? Tough call. So right? it depends on how much depends on how much room we give the gold dragon to fly, or if there's like a ledge that the basilisk can climb up to. Um, the other thing that Neogi has that it doesn't get much attention uh, for is its uh, bite attack, which does crazy amount of poison damage. It does. Let's see. Bite plus five to hit. So not great. Normal. Normal. Yeah. 1d6 plus three piercing damage. Fine. 4d6 poison damage. And, and a constitution saving throw. Or be poisoned. That's pretty big. Because if you're now, poisoned, you're going to have issues with those con saves against the basilisks. Here's your downside. 33 hit points. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of health. Decent enough AC, but not a lot of health. Yes. The one 30... thing it does have going for it is it has a good dex for that uh, fire breath. And multi-attack. Yeah. Multi-attack's huge. And it can spider climb, so it might be able to get to wherever the dragon is yeah, in this I, cave system. That's fair. Not a lot of creatures in multi-attack challenge rating three. There are there are plenty, to, you know, to be fair, but not as many as you'd think. Like, for example, Basilisk doesn't. Gold Dragon doesn't. Mm-hmm. Right? They do not. Gold Dragon is one bite. Or so Fire Breath or Weakening. My, my other combo... Oh, wait. That... Hold on. Back up. Go ahead. Wisdom saves. Gold yeah. Dragon has plus two. Oh, it is proficiency? Yep. And yep. plus five in con. 
Ooh, much harder, but still can fail. I've seen you roll. (laughs) Yeah. I don't roll to win. You should know that by now, having played Dark Souls, the board game with me so many times. Yes, you do not. You you roll. I roll to lose very specifically. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. I think the Niyogi is a great pick. So I, I like the I like the Niyogi. Uh, I, I was actually looking at it for the uh, horror uh, one shots we were going to be discussing because that's the one that I'm like, this would be a scary thing to come across. Like, do they show you a picture of it? Yes. Oh, my God. It's terrifying. It's like uh, it's like a drider with this dragon head. But it's small, so it's just like a dragon spider that's small and just kind of like crawls up behind you and you're not expecting it. I and, would um, ugh, I'm actually going to reskin ugh. that. If, if you've watched, I told you I watched this recently, and I'm actually recommending it to everybody who's listening. I watched Love, Death, and Robots on Netflix. Yeah, love it. Yeah, So good. Yeah. The very last episode is a alternative narrative that um, after World War One there were monsters in Russia. Mm-hmm. Like they had been, you know, the Russians thought we're going to summon monsters. Guess what? It didn't work. Um, there were just monsters then. And they look, they're, they're like this. They're like that sort of um, pseudo arachnid shitness thing. It's very, very creepy to behold. And I think I would mm-hmm. kind of reskin these even a little creepier, honestly. Dude. But they're supposed to be kind of intelligent, though. Yeah. Yeah. They're well, aberrations. So. Yeah. They are. They have great. They have great everything except strength. They're dexterous, strong, hardy. They're intelligent. They're wise, and they're charismatic. That's where they really fall down against the gold dragon because you need the strength saving throw against the weakening breath, and then you get disadvantage of those attacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. if it if it really comes down to does, does your enslave work or does my breath weapon get you? You know, because then on, on then, my list I have two basilisks, two gold dragon wormlings. <laughs> I put the neogi in there for fun. I'm um, glad we, that we're great minds think alike. I actually here. wanted to do a challenge rank too, because instead of gold dragon, I want to do a silver dragon worm. And, but he's only challenge rank two, but he gets paralyzing breath instead of strength breath, which I think is much better. If I can paralyze you for a minute, I'm fucking taking you down. Now, I want to just spend a minute here to talk about um, the wide range of things in any given challenge rating. Mm-hmm. We're talking about challenge ratings more in depth in the first segment. But for example, a owl bear skeleton is challenge rank three. three. Sorry? I think an owl bear is challenge rank three. Why is a skeleton also three? I couldn't tell you. That's weird. Wait, let me go. I'm going to check if owl bear is challenge rank three now. Now that you say that out loud. Page six here. Owl bear. This is perfect. This is perfect. Owl bear, right? AC yep. 13. 59 hit points, so that's pretty average. Um, multi-attack. Mm-hmm. It, plus 7 to hit, 10 damage. Or plus 7 to hit, 14 damage. Right? Makes 2 attacks. So that's a creature. That's challenge rating 3. That's all it is, right? Yep. That's all it is. Yep. It's a big beastie. Now, at the same time, there is a creature called, because we've talked about this before, a spectator. Yeah. Which is uh, like a baby beholder. Yep. It has a wee little tiny baby bite. But it also has eye rays. <laughs> Only four. And it can fly. Yes. That's so the if I put part. if I put the owlbear against the spectator. Spectator will always win. The owlbear cannot hit it. It flies, it hovers 30 feet, and it can do a confusing ray, a paralyzing ray, a fear ray, or a wounding ray. Yeah, I say only one of their rays does damage, which is interesting in my opinion. 
Well, I just paralyzed you, and then I could bite you even with my tiny little bite. <laughs> right, because the spectator, 14 AC, 39 mm-hmm. hit points, right? So these things are all on the same challenge rating as the gold dragon wormling. Which which blows my mind. The other the, the combo, the other combo I was gonna talk about, depending if we were gonna do like open field or something, sure. I was just gonna pick dragons because why wouldn't we just fly around? Correct. Um, but in a tighter scenario, I was debating uh the, there's a creature in Volos called the Orc Red Fang of Shargas. Yes, which are essentially orcish assassins that can cast darkness and see in the darkness. Great combo. Like a yeah. the shadow sorcerer. And they get an extra two dice of damage whenever they hit with a weapon. So all their scimitars do 3d6 plus 3 instead of 1d6 plus 3. Uh, 15 armor, 52 hit points. Yeah. Multi-attack. Mm-hmm. Veil of Shargas. Cast darkness. Shargas sight. Magical darkness doesn't impede the orc's dark vision. So even anybody's dark- darkness. And they're essentially like a... Uh... Uh, rogue, uh, in the first round of combat, the orc has advantage on attack rolls against any creature that hasn't taken a turn yet. If the orc hits a creature uh, that was surprised, it gets an automatic critical hit. They are rogues because they have cunning action. Yeah, they have cunning action too. Dude, these are legit. Yeah, they, they are. They're a legit challenge rating three enemy. They will. That is a fuck legitimate challenge rating three enemy, and it's talk. This is very much like the doppelganger thing, where if it gets the jump on you, it'll fucking kill you. It will. Right. It will fuck you up. Like it- it'll stab you. Do the damage first round. Second round, darkness. Now it has advantage because you can't see it, but it can see you. Right, exactly. Or would you start off with darkness? No. No, I'd go for the surprise attack. The if I get the surprise okay. attack, it's an automatic crit. The orc deals an extra two dice of damage when it hits a target with a weapon attack. So its scimitar does 3d6 plus 3. Yep. And it makes two scimitar attacks. Yep. So it's That's doing about 26 wild. damage every round if it's hitting. Especially and if it's in darkness, in dark, it's... it's got, exactly, it's got advantage, so it's probably going to be hitting. So in theory, it should have advantage almost every turn. Yes. That's wild, man. And yeah, I was going to have it riding a blue dragon wormling for fun. Yep. Well, obviously, it's got a pretty good shot against the basilisk because it's got a plus two in its concave. That, and if I'm not mistaken, the basilisk has to be able to see what it is turning into stone oh, i think you might be right if a creature starts to turn within 30 feet of the basilisk and the two of them can see each other the basilisk can force the creature to make a con save well, so in darkness the basilisk is fucked so they the orc beats the basilisk so orc red fang riding a gold dragon wormling win every time or the orc red fang riding a basilisk and he just rides <laughs> <laughs> just pushes it i mean they're both medium <laughs> yeah Right. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. I think you I think you beat the basilisk there. But I'm glad that we both encountered we picked we first thing was yes. Essentially the same thing. The only other thing that I was trying real hard to work into it was a fucking Yeti. I love a Yeti. I was trying so hard, but I'm like, that's so specific for it to work. I love a Yeti because that chilling gaze. Yeah, exactly. Right. Which is it's like a basilisk, but it damage and paralyzed as opposed to petrified forever. But you only get it one time. Yeah, and they have um, they have fire vulnerability. No, they don't. They have fire fear. Oh, they had fire vulnerability. They should have fire vulnerability, but they probably should. Yeah, I, I love me a yeti. Um, but it's not the greatest monster in the world. I right? was gonna do a yeti teamed up with a winter wolf, and I was gonna have the winter wolf just breathe past the yeti in combat. Now your 
where you really get into trouble, and this is a good pairing, a good creature to pair with something else, are things with damage resistances. Mm -hmm. So like a white. Yep. Damage resistance, necrotic, physical damage from non-magic attacks that aren't silvered. Mm -hmm. So if you're if you're throwing at me, you know, a basilisk, and I make the saves because I have plus three in my con saves, your attacks are doing half damage, mm -hmm. which against my forty-five hit points, pretty significant. Indeed, it's like being a barbarian. Meanwhile, life draining you. Right, it doesn't do con a lot of life drain, but it does enough. Still a con save to have your max it, hit points reduced. And if I take you down, you're coming back on my side. And, a, you know, multi-attack, multi-attack, there it is. Now, obviously, sunlight sensitivity. So what you do is you pair the white with the orc that can make the darkness. <laughs> and you're set. The orc with any creature, that's why I paired it with the blue dragon wormling, is because they because all dragon wormlings have uh, blind sight. So well, that's, what was, that's what I was going to say. What other creatures have a blind um, sight? Yeah, all uh, the wormlings have blind sight. Isn't there a senses? There we go, senses. Uh, tremor sense. I'm just going to use tremor sense as a filter on challenge rating threes. Flail snail. I I very much wanted to use the flail snail, but I mean it's it's fine. It's like a mini hydra. It's got five attacks to start, um, but then it loses as it loses heads. Flail snail, sixteen AC, fifty three hit points. Um, anti magic shell. Flail tentacle. I think the flail snail works out really well with the orc. <laughs> you're right? just in darkness and you don't know what you're getting beat by <laughs> you're being beaten by a snail and the orc because they can see <laughs> they don't care <laughs> and damage immunity fire and poison mm -hmm. so right there that's a pretty big advantage given how many spells do fire damage flail snail riding in on the gold dragon wormling there oh, you yeah, go bigger flail snails they're large the orc rides in on the flail snail <laughs> the slowest advance Ever. Speed is 10 feet. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, but come on. That's, that would be visually so fantastic. Yes, that it would be wonderful. All right. Uh, so that's what a monster draft sounds like. It's just us geeking out over monsters. And this was just Challenge Rain 3 stuff, so easy enough. Well, we always do something like that. It's always limited in some way. Last time, I remember one time, didn't we do like up to challenge rating 10 you had to combine numbers yeah like some remember i had a pegasus in there i was like yeah pegasus. we both did because legendary actions no wait, unicorns we had unicorns unicorns yeah unicorns yeah. um okay good show uh good show. make sure to subscribe and rate the show wherever you found it uh follow us on twitter at rwd podcast sometimes i tweet things feel free to send us topics you want to hear about at rwd podcast at gmail.com or you could tweet what you want to hear as that's totally fine um final thoughts about challenge ratings so i think that our Last discussion perfectly encapsulates what we're trying to say. Challenge ratings aren't everything. There's so much difference in a challenge rating between all the monsters. So really look at what they do. Think about how that affects the party and make an encounter accordingly. That's why we did it. All right, people. As always, we'll see you next time. Till then.